Welcome to our celebration of morning prayer at St. John's in West Hartford, Connecticut. Wherever you are this morning, we are so pleased that you've decided to join us on this fourth Sunday in Lent. In a world that seems suddenly turned upside down due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, today we come together by virtue of our technology to be the living church both inside and outside the walls. We are the body of Christ, wherever we may be this morning. With any sense of normalcy gone in just a matter of weeks, it's all the more important that we come together every Sunday for worship as people of God. This Sunday we will do morning prayer, not Holy Eucharist as we normally do, because we are trying new ways, using ancient liturgies, to try to find the best way to connect with you. So during this time that we cannot be in our sanctuary. No matter what prayers we're praying, hymns we are singing, we come together and reminded that we are truly people of God. And that will never change. We are grounded in faith, in the love of God and each other. God's love is what sustains us. Even when we are anxious or fearful, not knowing what the days ahead may bring. So we remember Paul's letter to the Romans, who reminded us that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God. So this is where we place our hope and our faith as we gather together. Also, we are continuing with healing prayers for those who would like a blessing or prayer for themselves or for someone else. Instead of having no healing pre uh, ministers present, we ask that you email them or call them into the office. Ellen, our parish manager, will receive them, hold them in confidence, and pass them on to healing ministers. Each minister is going to be taking a week that they will receive all the prayers and pray over them. So please, take advantage of this ongoing and so important ministry right now. Also, we ask your prayers for the souls of the departed. Relatives of two parishioners have died this past week. We ask your, your prayers for Lenny Solner and Murray Butner. Immediately after the service, we will have a virtual coffee hour hosted by our wardens. There is a link in the email that you have just received at the bottom and you click on that and you will be instructed how to enter the Zoom meeting room. And that's where the coffee hour will take place. You can also access a bulletin for this service in a link immediately below the picture of our service. So again, welcome to morning prayer at St. John's in this fourth Sunday of Lent. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. 
For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of the Lord. asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, 
go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought, the they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. 
Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. The word of the Lord.
God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What you see is what you get, right? Maybe, or maybe not. That man who looks like the blind beggar can't possibly be the blind beggar. He can't see, for heaven's sakes. He's not blind. Maybe it's just somebody who looks like him. The Pharisees in today's Gospel reading like everything in good order with no surprises. So when they hear that blind man babbling about mud on his face and washing in the pool of Siloam and being healed, they just can't believe his story. They, who have no trouble at all finding their way around the streets of Jerusalem, they who can read the fine print on the Torah scrolls, they turn out to have blindness of the soul. They can't see that a miracle has happened. Must not be the blind man, they say, must be a lookalike. They wonder why God would choose a nobody and not favor respectable, godly people like themselves. It just can't be, they cry, blinded by their suppositions and their assumptions. The Pharisees, those religious, faithful people of Jesus' day, are also blinded by their narrow focus on the law. Their response is quite logical. If Jesus mixes clay on the Sabbath, well, then he must be a sinner, disobeying Sabbath law. And they conclude that a sinner could never create a miracle, so that beggar must be telling tales. Things are seldom what they seem. The human eye sees a sinful beggar, and God sees person of faith, ready to be healed, and then to be a bearer of good news. God sees us not only as we are, but as we might become. And God wants to open our eyes to see that too. We are always so ready to stereotype people, to put them into boxes according to gender, race, age, nationality, class. And once we've got people categorized, well, we don't really have to listen to them because we already know what they're going to say. We don't have to look at them carefully because we already know who they are. We all know about Republicans. They'll give tax breaks to the rich. And we know all about Democrats. They'll promote government spending and give people a free ride. I knew a man whose brothers called him pokey because they found him to be very slow. But pokey became a brilliant inventor with a string of US patents to his name. And I'll bet we all have heard of a person who has a heart attack and falls to a city sidewalk 
but is left there because people assume he's just a drunk. We make mistakes like this again and again whenever we stereotype people and prejudge them without taking the time and the care to see them as they really are. And one of the extraordinary things about Jesus is the way he sees all kinds of people clearly and appreciates their worth and their potential. He comes across the boisterous fisherman Peter and sees a rock on which to build his church. He finds Matthew, the reviled tax collector, and he sees a loyal disciple in the making. He meets questioning Nicodemus and sees a man hungry for God. Jesus encounters a woman at a well and he sees a lonely soul desperate to be known and loved. He meets a woman caught in adultery and sees a person longing for forgiveness, longing for a new life. And he's crucified next to a repentant thief and sees in that criminal a citizen-to-be of paradise. The good news is that this God that Jesus reveals to us is a God who sees us as we really are and sees us through the eyes of love, seeing our sins and failings and seeing as well who we might become. There's good in every one of us, even the worst of sinners, because God made us. So celebrate. Celebrate the qualities of your character and your personality that are of God. Your loyalty, your compassion, your curiosity, your kindness, your perseverance, your wisdom, your faithfulness. And if you're wondering if you are truly faithful, let me remind you that you are here listening to this service and worshiping God. And then consider what God wants you to become. Yes, God loves us as we are, but because God loves us, God always wants us to grow into our full potential. And sometimes this means leaving bad habits behind. Sometimes it means taking on some new project, some fresh course of action that will challenge our old presumptions and require courage and, and resources that we didn't think we had in, it, in us, but which God will provide. This is indeed an incredible time in which we are living. Every press conference I hear is dominated by that word, unprecedented, unprecedented. And that is good, as well as bad. Yes, we have fear for our health, fear for the nation's economy, but we also have new ways of living and new ways of looking at things, and new ways of loving. Barry left a pot of soup on our front step, and Linda, 
called to see how we were faring. We are all beginning to think about this community before we think about ourselves. And in this new world of COVID-19, we have a chance to learn new things and see new patterns. How many of us have yearned for a regular time of prayer, but just can't find a way to be regular in the rounds of meetings and events that have filled our lives? And now there's time. There's time while the coffee brews. There's time as we begin our work at home. Time when we get up or when we go to bed. Try it. Try setting aside a regular time just to say a prayer. Or try setting aside a regular time just to be silent and listen to God. This is a time when we can help, when we can give, when we are needed. No, we're not all epidemiologists or nurses, but we all have a role to play. It's interesting to note how often God chooses the least obvious person to do great work. In the gospel, God's glory was not shown in a prince or a potentate, but in a blind beggar. We don't have to be perfect people for God to choose us. We just have to be willing to say yes when we hear God's call. Do you remember what it was like when you were a kid and the time came to choose up sides for a ball game? I remember watching this happen to my boys and holding my breath until they were picked. And I remember dancing school and waiting as the boys came across the floor toward the girls. And I remember hoping against hope that one of them, anyone, would just come and stand before me so I didn't have to dance with the teacher. The good news is that God chooses us to be on God's team, not because we're all that is left, but because God needs us and wants us. The good news is that God chooses us to dance because God sees us as beautiful and graceful and delightful. For in God's sake, we are all blind beggars, miraculously healed. And we are all shepherds, called to be kings. Let us renew our faith by reciting the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Let your way be known upon earth. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. Gracious God, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread, which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us, and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, you may make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessings through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness. To you, to all whom you have made, we bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Again, I want to welcome everyone to our service this morning at St. John's Episcopal Church. We are working at trying to bring more events and services online. And so it's more important than ever that you support us and to continue to give what you can to support this good work and ministry that is needed right now. So wherever you are, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. We continue with our closing prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have given us grace in this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God.